Okay, Dr. Majumdar uh, is an assistant professor in the Department of Food Science and Technology, and his work, which I was reviewing just before, is on uh, bioactive peptides, and you're looking at uh, how we can use uh, food processed, food-derived proteins and peptides to address different diseases, including uh, hypertension, diabetes, and uh, various uh, metabolism-related diseases, incorporating in vitro, in vivo, and bioinformatics computational approaches. Is that right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming over. Thank you. Uh, we talk, we talk about bioactive which is part of food protein. It's not activity in the <coughs> actual, actual protein, but the release and the So how the whole story works, we we'll talk about that. First, uh, hey, where I'm from, that's something background backgrounds actually from India and Canada is still part of India. probably more those two languages produce those point of home as we told you the brain that's our bridge. So yeah I call it Canada. my background is not food science, so I have a PJP biotechnology, so it's complete engineering which are graduate diploma in bioinformatics. So there I come with the Biotechnology for background, going to my master's in Edmonton, which is in the province of Canada, the Western Canada. So it's funny for me to go from a very much hot and humid time to extremely cold. It's funny when the day I landed in Edmonton, it was minus 25. That much of shift in temperature and humidity. And we do see polar bear here. Just wanted to go for a four hour study in this polar bears. So that's it for the I did my master's there in clinical food science before. It's a different department from my background where I came. And that's the reason behind which we are trying to put a I did a master's in food science network and we moved to the cardiovascular research group. So my talk will be mostly today basically on cardio, cardiovascular science, most cardio science, and how food can influence the cardiovascular lifestyle. I'm PhD, when we moved to work on Ontario, which is Eastern Canada, just about three Toronto. So we work in uh, University of Wales to work with sick kids and you know, most of the times, active chemo trials and all. So that's my journey so far in Canada before last year moved to Edmonton at University of Memphis. That's a very nice way to be out there. It's very impressive and started last year. Today is the date. I finished up my 12th month actually. So something new on that. Now, coming back to science. We know about peptides. It's, it's a very beautiful topic. It's all over the place you can find them. So people have a little bit idea of say defenses and bacteria, which is mostly antimicrobial peptides. You can find it in different places. Uh, this is mostly for uh, structured membranes of bacteria and works like that. That's usually for mostly a food preservative that we, uh, the bacteria is. And then human insulin. So these all are peptides, right? Now, as my focus of research was more on cardiac side, we have to the peptides which actually regulates the blood pressure as well. So that's the cycle, one of the main cycles of blood pressure regulation, which um, converts angiotensin-1, which is a 40 nanometer acid peptides, to angiotensin-1, which is an enzyme called N. Now, angiotensin, we use four of the amino acids from the gene terminal, and they have angiotensin-1. And they'll convert angiotensin-1 to angiotensin-2, we use another two of the amino acids from the terminal, 
then this entity too is actually responsible for increasing your blood pressure. It's binding receptor, it's receptors and increase the blood pressure. So, but we'll come to the energy system uh, afterwards. But this idea of plates also contributes with small uh, fragments of them. It's not huge, like, I mean, I've seen sequences like 10 to 14 and it's just small amino acid sequences which can also control the blood pressure in the body. Now, these two are the things that is going on. Now, talking about antihypertensive hypertensive medication, which was first discovered by the Sanjoy-Bodies. It's actually derived from snake venom, which is also a threat that we Right now, what pharmacologists did afterwards, they get an idea of the risk of the and then make synthetic molecules which can uh, deal with the patients. But the initiation of the blood pressure regulation was coming from sleep. And so, as I said, the primary pathway is the angiotensin system, angiotensinogen which is that 14 amino acid long-term types convert to angiotensin 1, which is enzyme already. And then angiotensin 1 converts to angiotensin 2 with this angiotensin converting enzyme or ACE. Now, angiotensin 2 binds with the AT1 receptors, which is mostly all of the possibilities, mostly in the cells, cells. So that's the increase of blood pressure in this way. At the same time, these inhibit a vasodilator, which is bradyatensin, so natural vasodilator. At the same time, it's converting angiotensin 1 to 2. At the same time, it's inhibiting bradyatensin. So that's why it's increasing the blood pressure at the same time with the uh, inhibition of vasodilator. There are ACE inhibitory drugs, like if you have an issue with blood pressure, you go and see a doctor. The first medication, uh, mostly they provide is ACE inhibitors. If you have breathing uh, health problem, with the diuretics and other kind of medication is there, but ACE inhibitors is the primary line of Now, what's interesting with that plain and simple thing, it's inhibit the ACE, and you can have a <coughs> normal blood pressure. That's the idea of this inhibitor. And as I said, the adaptive that's all of them you can find out and then when you finish it's prescribed those things. Now unfortunately most of these is images are associated with side effects. And additionally with the side effects, sometimes it's a normal consumption because of hypertension or hyper pressure is a special area to So you need to consume for a normal period of time. So the effect of the side effect is quite uh, like it's accumulating day by day. So uh, problems like glaucoma can come in place. Initially it was a nausea, headache, and all those small things, but when it's accumulated, it go up to glaucoma and other kind of uh neuron diseases. So we need an alternative from there. So to find the alternative, we go into the food proteins. Now I can see the biointerpretes, which are latent in food proteins. When they're actually in their native protein, they're not active. They don't have anything. But if you break down different kind of things, break down and release them, they will have activity. Now, what's methods of depression mostly use? Uh, again, the food science diagrams on the food processing have different kinds of proteolytic uh, going on, fermentation, and uh, different kind of endogenic hydrolysis. That happens for peptide production. Suppose this is a protein molecule up here, and these three sequences, which is just highlighted up there, which is active. But once they are in their native protein sequences, then they are not active there, but when you release them separately, they might have different activities, they may have same activity, it depends on the structure of the sequence. So that's the main concept behind the bioactive peptides. Now, for ACE inhibition, 
There was few studies coming from fermented milk uh, that reduces blood pressure. Mostly with uh, Zachary's population, they use the whole body and fermented milk, which after consumption of that particular milk, the blood pressure can be controlled or something like that. So more of it, it's going to have a better cardiac health. That's for the traditional knowledge. Now, by analyzing that particular fermented uh, milk, Find out that two peptides, the BPP in, in small peptides, tripeptides, BPP, hydrochloric and IPP isolation chloroprotein, they produce, they are the responsible factors to reduce blood pressure. So that's the idea of, of biotic peptides. Again, again they are uh, based that it could be possible that small peptides coming from different sources could inhibit blood pressure. Mostly they say these are BRAs inhibitors, but there are a lot of other activities, even till today we are finding out it could be some other ways to find out. But when we start this particular project, we mainly focus on this as a component of fusion looking up there. Now I'm trying to only focus on these inhibitors. Now, why we choose egg, biggest reason is that one of the best source of animal protein. And you have different kinds of protein, or different kinds of proteins. In egg white, there are five major proteins, and they go in here, there are four major proteins. So five of them are lysozyme, overtransporting, overloading, evolution of omnipotent. So, and then LDLHDL, possibly a little bit in yolk. So, having a quick idea on that, that's the five major proteins we're going to talk about. Uh, Really present them there. But this is another fact that people like to eat eggs. With the storage of eggs, the protein really huge. So you can see up here with 10 days of storage, with the 20 days of storage, there's no change in protein profile. Three days of storing eggs in four days in normal temperature, we lose blood proteins. So Again, from a consumer perspective, that's important if you're trying to get a functional food out of egg, which eggs should we choose? How many So we're kind of focusing on 10 to 20 days, uh, but that's most of the time from a farmer to consumer. That's most of the time it takes around 22 days. So we're on the consumer's windows. So it should be up there, but one, if you buy an egg and keep it in a field over a week, so you are following that you might use some of the protein, just for knowledge. Now, going from there, uh, when I first joined uh, my, the program of uh, my master's program, we, people start using uh, biotic peptides through a conventional method, and that's method is that you choose one particular protein, uh, choose one particular enzyme, and then start extraction. Hydrolyze and draw a series of measurements, and then the purification with different kinds of chromatography, and then identify the match back, and then change some of the which are active. Now, when I start this particular, uh, when I saw this one, it's just the same problem I had. It's a long process, a really long process. Figuring out the one particular closure, but it will take years to achieve one good peptide or two good peptides. And it's labor intensive, really costly on the So, what are the alternatives? That's what one of my challenges to find out. And we also figured out that this could be a big advantage in this particular method. First of all, why we choose one particular enzyme over others? There's a lot of other enzymes there. Literature never produced any, any rationale why people would choose this particular enzyme. Then um, again, if you if you choose one few selective enzymes, you don't need the whole peptide broker which are actually interesting. So you're not digesting the protein, the repetitive protein for now. And then again, it's a multi-certification as well. It's hard to achieve something. And time consuming at the same point of time. So with the knowledge of bioinformatics and looking at the QSAR, try to find a method which can ease the process. 
Whatever happened at the end. We did an in situ validation using the expense of the data. And then we have the QSL model for that. Now, let me talk a little bit about the QSL models. This is, again, we model them with a knowledge based model. So there is some idea which habitancies uh, are important and which particular condition. So taking those knowledge, we build up this model with the mainly looking for the analysis sequence and their structure. So how they should present themselves to make them make them more functional. So having that kind of idea, we uh, come up with the QSL model and we use the numeric symbol for that. And the only uh, it's not exactly what molecular talking about, but looking into the profile docs like uh, we find out the IC, IC50 value for case in the engineering So we find out that we looking for take proteins and out of doing all of those proteins, whatever I saw uh, in this report, we figured out that overtransferring one of the major transferring family proteins, protein source is a iron binding protein. Have three major peptides uh, which can be produced sequential dilation of thermalizer and pepsin. You can find three peptides, which is the most acidic, but most potent peptides. Now, from here, we looked into go back and try to figure out. What's going on with the pathology of hypertension? Why do you have to focus on one particular thing? Again, when you see hypertension, we, I, I just explained about the hyperactivity of rats. So, hyperactivity of rats leads to hypertension. Apart from that, the other thing which happens to be is endothelial dysfunction. Now, endothelial cells are the in the nine of our vascular agent, so we have endothelial cells and the vascular smooth person, which makes our vessel. Which the now endothelial dysfunction also leads to hypertension, and mostly of vascular dysfunction and endothelial oxidative stress. So this whole thing making a effect on hypertension. So we want to check both of all of these possibilities, and we found out initially that. Through in situ and in also in vitro chemical analysis, this particular peptide, and this living one example today, has AC vitro activity. So that's working on that last particular part here. And the series of other in vitro studies, which I'm not talking about, it's on cell figure out it also have anti traumatic and antioxidant effects. But this is all in vitro studies, so I want to go further and find out more physiological to identify this or to, uh, to measure the activity of this Now, going from there, we choose other animal model of hypertension, which is obviously hypertension rats. Then from here onwards, come up with a lot of cardiac but try to be simpler on that. So grass hyperactivity is going for the uh, individual system, the vascular inflammation and oxygen stress. So these are the three major things which we are focusing. And this particular model have all of the things presenting that, but at some point of their life. So initially they are in the pre-hypertensive stage. So they're developing the development of pressure, but not all the phenotypes which we're looking for. But after 14, 15 weeks, and that particular point of time, you see they are developed. Uh, they, it's a phase called developed hypertension phase, which they have endothelial dysfunction, and that's overactivity, hyperactivity, inflammation, and oxidation stress at this point of time. Now we choose this particular time frame to do our analysis, and to do this particular study, we want to do have it as, as I said, more physiologically relevant. So we want to have record the blood pressure on live animals. 
So we bring the animals from 15 to 16 weeks age with an ongoing male ones. From that week or two of a given edition, we did a telemetric surgery. So what telemetric surgery all about? So this is, it's not that clear though, but it's a small probe which have a catheter in it. So we place this particular probe on their left femoral artery. And then the catheter is actually going to, to, the, uh, to the femoral artery and switch it up. So whenever the blood pressure happens, it's have a bubble there, which records the blood pressure. And that's transferred through a receiver when they're actually active. So it's a pretty neat way to measure blood pressure in live animals. Now, after the surgery, it takes uh, at least 10 days for recovery to come down to the normal phase. And we start recording blood pressure after that. So we did a three weeks, typically an 18 days relapse on blood pressure. And three main, uh, main groups coming up, the one treated, untreated group, and two treated group with low and high dose of uh, peptides with the three milligram and 15 milligram of IRWD. So we, and you can see that it's again, uh, it's a nice way of treating the animals. We dissolve the peptides in Ensure. Maybe we probably heard about Ensure. That's, uh, we used to give them during the recovery phase and then put them in Ensure and then feed them during the treatment process. And after 18 days on the 19th day, we sacrifice the animals admitted vascular function uh, through bioblood, but then we'll come to that and we'll do that. And then we do more uh, bioblood animals. That's what's the theoretical problem because Now, after IRW treatment, you can see a significant reduction of blood pressure with the high dose of the So when we treat these animals, this is these animals which are spontaneously hypertensive. They can they do the treatment reduce blood pressure almost critically to the market. That's the number of market. It's critically the Dose-wise is a bit higher than what you would get with your uh, normal drugs. But you can achieve the same, not the same amount, but close enough amount to blood pressure reduction. Now, that's uh, the biggest way of concern of the of today's world of the drug world again, that patient measurement is. Once you give that particular medication to a particular patient who have had a hypertension, this effect stays for a while and then plateaus back to the same level. So what happens against physiologically it's 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 very much relevant to find out how this whole swing is happening. To look into that, we uh, focus on the circuitry rhythm of blood pressure of these animals. Now, the red one up here, you can see when they are actually hypertensed, they don't have a rhythm. So, even in the night of the rehab, the, the blood pressure is actually the same, where they are nocturnal. So, their night blood pressure should be higher because they are more active at that point. But this animal doesn't have those, but the actual animals. But with our treatment, even with even the low dose, we can see the pattern coming up. With the high dose, we're actually restoring the circadian rhythm. So it's much more, much more physiological relevant than the, uh, than a drug component of that person, which can restore the circadian rhythm. But remember that it's we, we give the peptides for them for the whole day. That's ad libitum, that's what I say. So it, it can consume any point of time. So that's the, maybe the one reason which we can see the restoration of circadian rhythm. But that's something very important. And that's much more uh, physiological mechanism we see up here. Now, after the whole experience of 18 days, on the 19th day, we sacrifice the animal as we do vascular function study. Now, vessel function study is uh, very much interesting and uh, quickly I try to quickly describe it up here. So that's what you see. It's actually the messenger vessel, which is around our cup. So that's mesenteric vessels, which is 
simply two of the second order mesenteric. So we have a, they have a big log arc, a circular big arc, then the branching. So we took the second branch. We took that just after sacrifice, within half an hour to do that. And we put them through this particular system, which is called wire diagraphy. So okay, it's not that clear, but this is the vessel. Think of that. And then we have two wires, which is separating the vessels like that. And this whole system we put up in a bath. That's wire bath. So whatever your treatment would be, you can put directly on the bath and see the effect, how the vessel constricts or relaxes. It's a ex vivo kind of study to find out what's going on with those vessels. Now, when we did that, we figured it out. So, methacholine, which is a vasodilation, relaxer. So, if you put methacholine to the either uh, the angles and the virtual angles, we didn't see any difference in terms of relaxation. Relaxation, but with the low dose compared to the controls. But with the high dose, we see this relaxation going up, and with some amount of methacholine, it's actually 100% relaxation. So, actually, in the methacholine. So, looking at that, it's directly affecting on the basal functions. It's in the IWO, this particular area is actually modulating the basal function. Now, if you remember, uh, if you know how vessel uh, relaxation happens in particular vessel, it's through a molecule called nitric oxide, which uh, I think got a Nobel Prize for uh, 1998 to discover the nitric oxide and then depends on how to do vessel relaxation. So, this nitric oxide in the endothelial cells is actually produced by a particular enzyme called. Nitric oxide synthase, which specifically the endothelial synthase. Now we use a inhibitor, which is LDA, which selectively blocks the action of enos. Now, if you could block the action of enos, that means you can lose the relaxation. So we can figure it out if it's effect of enos coming, effect of NOS coming through our website or not. That's why the same thing when you did the previous. Uh, and vessels treated with LA, you didn't see any difference of those. That's pretty much obvious. With the low dose, you can actually establish the relaxation. But with the high dose, then actually the relaxation, we can completely put it back or completely constrict the vessel with the uh, action of the So it could possibly, that's the effect we see up here, the relaxation is due to the amount of nitric oxide produced there. Now, coming up here, we think that, okay, figure it out first, probably a base inhibitor. What we have is inhibition increasing decreasing the blood pressure. And it's doing something with loss as well. So, we can figure it out how this particular thing works. So now, this, Two ways to produce uh, nitric oxide. One is produced by activating enos or nitric or somehow if we could make the nitric oxide, uh, increase the nitric oxide biology. So having that first thought, it has an effect on enos. We try to figure out what's the effect on enos on two different vessels, the mesenteric vessel and the aortotomy. Aortic arch and to whatever we hypothesize, we kind of uh, find out the same thing that's with the treatment of high dose IRW, it's actually increasing the expression of enos in both of these vessels. So if you increase the expression of enos, probably it's increasing the uh, activity of enos. I'm not sure, but indicated in that direction. It's increasing the activity of these particular enos, and then that's why you're getting the relaxation. But initially, we found the base inhibitor. So, what's happening with the ACE? So, when we start looking at the RAS system, 
If a total angiotensin 2, remember the angiotensin 2, if you have more angiotensin 2, you have vasoconstriction. Now, with the IRW high-dose treatment, we use the level of angiotensin 2. And similarly, the vasodilator, which was limited by case, it actually increased with the uh, radiating levels increased with the high-dose treatment. So, that particular peptide, it's probably acting on ACE inhibitor and also working somehow in your system. So, to prove it further, we tried to figure out how it's working on the inflammation because initially we found in the sectors that the inflammation levels can be controlled by these particular peptides. And same thing happens when you see the residue of vessels, two particular. Uh, addition molecule, IGM1 and IGM1, that this expression is significantly used with this particular peptide. So, again, we first the acidification, something on NOS, and also in the inflammation. So we have, at this point, we are finding up those dots, which could be the uh, actor, could be the reason of activation. But still, at this point, we don't know how to connect those dots. But, Going further, we thought it could be that uh, oxidative stress pathway because these peptides are arginine beads, arginine the little point. So it could act as an uh, oxidative stress inhibitor uh, antioxidant. So we can measure the, uh, the oxidative stress in the dead animal, which is exactly what we are by time. Measure nitrotyrosine. So nitrotyrosine is something which is a footprint of peroxynitrite. <coughs> so from superoxide with the help of nitric oxide, superoxide and nitric oxide we actually add together and it makes peroxynitrite. And peroxynitrite is the free radical which is just uh, very fast to be detailed. But it's have a footprint on the by time on the nitrotyrosine, and that's what we get free radical. That with the level of peroxynitrite by measuring the nitrotyrosine level in different tissues. We did aorta and kidney. On the big tissues, we need to find out nitrotyrosine. And we see the nitrotyrosine level is low with this particular peptide for both of these tissues. Now, coming up here, we try to figure out the whole effect. We did an illumina of on this game on mesenteric artery. And interestingly, we figured out that under a gas molecule, which is ACE2, when it's reducing the it's upregulated in this particular treatment. So, this is something very new which we are finding out here. But other findings supported on the IDX like that's actually. The ICAN 1 and DCAN 1, those addition molecules is increasing in this particular treatment. But the finding of ACE2 was very much interesting at that particular point. Now, what is ACE2? We just talk about trans pathway on the half part, which with the ACE1 or ACE, you can say, how it's visual contract. But it's the other leg of the last pathway, the angiotensin 2 that we converted to ang 1 to 7 with an enzyme called ACE2, and it's basically converted into 2. Which, so ang 2 acts on ma, uh, 18 1 receptor, ang 1 7 acts on mass receptor, and vasodilator. So, what's actually happening could be this particular peptide is inhibiting this. And uh, this particular enzyme, the ACE enzyme, and at the same time, it's increasing the production of ACE2. That's why we see the vasodilators. So, which with our silicostomia, with our animal simulation, so we found out one leg of the particular, uh, as a uh, particular signaling pathway was the with uh, the RNA6 study found out that. This other thing of this particular uh, peptide acting on the RAS pathway. So that's very fascinating that you can now you know, say we have to pin up those dots and now we can connect some of those dots. That's how this particular 
in this aspect. Now, what's the possible mechanism of IIW? So, in the 2096 system, it's reducing antigen increasing the level of calcitonin and the H2 expression at the same time. In endothelial dysfunction, endothelial function, restoring the EOS expression reduces the microbiome, increases the microbiome sensitivity, and also reduces vascular inflammation. So that's the, these are the more main mechanisms which we figure it out. Probably cumulative of all these, we see the reduction of the patient. So, what we can summarize from all these results is we started with the QSL bioinformatics to find out one particular peptide. And it's an effective way to find out and buy active peptides from different food products. Again, egg is a good source of bioactive peptides. There are other peptides that we will talk about today which can reduce blood pressure or have different other kinds of activities. And this particular peptide, which is the best in the lot, which reduces blood pressure in the animals through the particle mechanism of the oral administration. Now, from here, coming back to the food science perspective, it's just one particular peptide. So how do food scientists So what we are trying to do at this moment is this work is still going on in the academic journal at this point when I'm talking. So it's basically try to utilize the whole egg used in a, a scale of process of industrial enzymes of the <coughs> enzymes to find out we can have the same kind of peptides in those mixtures and using the whole hydrolysis to make the product out of it which is a, something like any office you can take out of water or a meat cookie which can have the same effect and also have a commercial product which one particular peptide so there's two lines which is called that is like this here, which go with the pure peptides of pill-like product or which you can find as a dairy supplements or a particular functional tool which helps you to unlocks it, prevent high blood pressure and enhance your blood pressure. Now, what's the present challenge of uh, the and that's what interests me this point was that how we can use the knowledge of say computational biology or different uh, other complex issues. One big problem is that the cost of production and the scaling all this process, it's not really industry to come up with a product like that. So we try to find out some other ordinary resources. Uh, the next thing is that. One, if one peptide is active in the whole food system, whatever, whatever we do with the rest, we can't go to waste. So we have to figure it out how with the processing techniques, the synergistic effect between us other peptides which are produced there, which are actually present there, to have different kinds of biological activity. The next thing, which is the most dicey area, the mechanism of action. So most of the uh, these all food components, say even if it's omega-3 or polyphenols or peptides, whatever we think of. We don't know the exact mechanism of action, how these particular things work together to give that particular uh, biological activity, whether it could be anti-diabetic or anti-cancer, anything out there. So we need to figure it out the mechanism of action, how safe it is to use it. Then the health link, you need deal population uh, studies. And final thing is also exciting is the design of the pictures department, conditional acceptance. Unfortunately, most of these peptides are reused. Since you can't really ask somebody to have them, nobody will have that. It's that much better. So we just find out a way to debit that and come up with a product which could have the same effect after using the vaginas. So that's the main focus of my research in your analysis, more to do with the data and 
and find out the synergistic effect between different components in a whole food system. And mostly looking into chronic inflammatory diseases, as my training is based on mostly on cardiac sites, possible cardiovascular diseases, from hypertension active sources, and That's the whole idea of uh, whatever my plan is doing at this moment uh, in, in the UNL. And this is my life's last slide. This is the motivation I got actually from working on that. It says that indeed I can listen and consume. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. and you get it. 
they've got a number of headlines that we've been tested for how they combines the two. Yeah. The the ACE thing, right? But I was just wondering, since it's it's a bipeptide, why not just try all possible combinations? Like, you know, like maybe eight thousand, which would be yes. a, a, a small number, and I figured it's not easy to do that. Because then you could do it the other way around. You could find your candidates and then go find the food that yes. might produce this. Now you have only one factor here. Uh, that was the first thing which strikes me as well. Uh, I don't know which, this is, a, this is further the science or the other details. R and W and I remixed a phenate state with a 130 alloy. That structure is important. So, not only the sequence, the structure, how these peptides are actually presenting, that's what's very, very important. So, similarly, you can see here, we, we start with dipeptides first. There's a one dipeptide which governs, uh, so which is a simple dipeptide, you can calculate, there's so many number of dipeptides They can be activated on the same kind of food. To figure out that it's only active if you consider the gamma carbon to make the bond, peptide bond, not the alpha carbon, not the traditional carbon. So that's why that's the complex is coming up there as well. It's not only the sequence, the structure also very much important. So they give you include the structure then, even if it's Million, million different it's still doable, yeah, right? Yeah, it's still doable. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. It's still doable. I mean, there's a prospect of that. You can really explore that particular problem. And that would be done with anything. Like not only case, all other components which is, can be modified through, through that type of structure. You can, you can actually find out all those things. But in CDF, it's possible to do that. I'm totally agree with that. No, sorry. All you need is a pipeline. Yeah, you need to find another pipeline for that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why it's a very it's a very excellent question. That's what probably I'm doing now at the same kind of things trying to figure it out it's possible to do it in the same way. Uh, again, coming back to that, you can do that and find out the same sequence which uh you know, from the uh, food background, which food proteins have those, and you can release them naturally or not. That's the other two things which I have to answer. Because yeah. If you come up with only the sequence, that's that's a pharmacological job. The food essence is losing somehow there. So you need to get that back as well. David had a question right before you. The same question? Okay, okay. <laughs> You mentioned about vascular inflammation, and you mentioned about the enos, the artificial type and a big count. I was wondering if you look for some pro-inflammatory cells, um, the factors like cytokines. Yes, we did a couple of cytokines. I'll say the signals are there, but it's not that much different than that. So uh, it's not cutting in harm. Completely from that perspective, the inflammation response is not a whole circulatory response, not a whole body system response. So we do not see that much difference in the peripheral It's more vascular specific. That it is more vascular specific. That's what. But there are other things which is also up and down. You mentioned mass production everything. Is there potential for Oh, that's human trials going on at this point as well. Oh. In the process now. So I was gonna ask how you do it with Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tried it first. <laughs> and there's probably some product development testing, right? Yes. For for the taste yeah. and taste, yeah. So we're trying to mask that taste now emulsifying all those things. Sorry? Even in cell form? Yeah, pin form, actually, pin form, it's, it's solvable stage. But pin is not the 
what we actually do. We want to keep the food as we Spaghetti or cookies yeah. or chips or something. Thank you very much again. I appreciate it.